0: You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 142, covering Emergence and Preemptive Strike. Hi, friends. Hi, wife on the floor.
1: I'm on the floor.
0: She's on the floor and in charge. Hi. How's it going, everybody?
1: This is the, the secret that they don't tell you, is that if you come over here, you have to sit on the floor.
0: Mm-hmm. That's not a very interesting secret. The These, worst
2: part is that there are chairs everywhere.
0: There are. This is, this is the chair room, the chair storage room, and yet yep. covered in floor. There's I don't know what I'm talking about. a
2: pile of chairs.
1: Chairs, chairs everywhere, but not a drop to drink.
0: That doesn't make much sense. It does if you drink chairs. <laughs> Touché. Why don't we talk about this week's episodes?
2: Why don't we indeed?
1: Oh. Why don't you
2: lead us off with emergence? Emergence,
0: e. Emergence-y. I suppose I will do that. No, oh. uh, we got to get yeah. it over with. We're almost finished. We're almost through the entire series of all of Next Gen. Oh. We got do... There will be
2: no bad Star. T- there will be no bad Star Trek: The Next Generation episodes left.
0: Right. Well, just after, bad movies. After these two, that's it. Yeah. Then we got a good one, I know for a fact. But in the meantime, this is one of those we've been looking forward to all this time.
2: Yep. Hooray. Tell us all about Beverly fucks a train.
0: (laughs) Well, apparently she does. (laughs) So Picard and Data are playing Shakespeare on the holodeck, and the captain is taking this opportunity to teach Data something about what it means to be human. I was kind of excited that we were somehow watching a rerun of the last time this happened in The Defector, but no, we're just doing it again which is a really clever way to set the stage for all the tedious repetition that happens in this episode. Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski, the brains behind masks, strap the fuck in. So the Shakespeareing is interrupted by a train barreling right toward the captain and his robot pal. A train? On the holodeck? What madness is this? I already told you, it's tedious madness. <laughs> Turns out the Enterprise itself is developing a type of consciousness, which it expresses by building little neon tinker toy sculptures around the ship and making the holodeck all wacky because these, as attentive Star Trek fans immediately will recognize, are the signs of sentient life. Naturally, something just can't come to life without threatening lives aboard the Enterprise, so the trained brain starts warping them around wherever it damn well pleases and threatening to turn off life support. So the senior staff assembles an elite team to handle this. The security guy, who can help out with the physical stuff since the safety protocols are disengaged. The robot, who can reason his way out of things and also has some experience in expressing his subconscious desires in a way that threatens the ship. And the counselor, who's trained in... Handling delicate psychological situations Actually, that's probably the team I would have assembled For pretty much those reasons Can't really mock that I can mock that their main adversary is Old Man Lebowski From The Big Lebowski Who defeats them <laughs> twice by demanding <laughs> tickets that they're not carrying Diabolical fiend Eventually the train delivers its clumsy symbolism Verde form City means that they need Verdi ron particles Of course! Then it has a space baby and everything goes back to normal. Man, can we just skip DS nine and go straight to Voyager? I love this kind of story.
2: I sense sarcasm, but I can't tell from where. No, you, you got to get it your perspective It may special be tri-corder. that it's all around
0: us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you do need to be an empath to feel that, though. Is sarcasm an emotion? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Robots it was have a emotions. Green lantern. That
0: means it's an emotion. I. Uh, all right. That, there was a sarcasm Green Lantern. Yes. What color was he?
2: Uh, I don't know, plaid. P- plaid Lantern. He was a plaid lantern.
0: Was his name Brad? <laughs> yes. Brad the Plaid Lantern.
2: Yep. The Fair sarcastic length. Plaid Lantern. Don't forget that.
0: Of course not. He was on a voyage.
2: The oath goes, in brightest day... Eh.
0: <laughs> oh, in brightest day... Oh, ho, 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 oh. Darkest blackest night. night. Uh-huh. Ooh. Oh, this episode, man. Ugh. This This now wins the crown for stupidest episode.
2: That crown's getting passed around a lot this, month, this
0: year. That's not true. That is, that is not true. Just, uh... Just, uh... What do you call it? Was it Genesis? No, it was Masks. Yeah. Masks was the stupidest episode I'd ever seen. This one is stupider than that.
1: Not as bad as Beverly Fucks a Ghost, though. Not even no, as bad still... as
0: Masks. But yeah, Subrosa. I'm pretty sure... You know, because we know all good things. Yeah. So Sub Rosa officially... Now, the worst episode. And this one, for me anyway, the stupidest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you what do you guys think?
1: Uh, space Africa, I still think, is pretty stupid.
0: That's pretty stupid. That's not stupid in the same way, though. That's stupid like a child is trying to talk grown up and failing at it. Mm-hmm. This is stupid in like... It's just stupid.
1: And nobody tried to act sexy in this one.
0: Well, that's true.
2: That is a plus. I mean, I, I think I think old man Lebowski was trying a little, but he did not succeed.
0: No. Men cry too, Matt.
2: <laughs> they certainly do after this episode.
0: Yeah. It just, it, it felt, uh, it really did feel like a, a quintessential Braga episode, and I know it was co-written by that other guy, but it felt so Braga. We had all those standard bullshit things that we get. Mm-hmm. We got out of place elements and a mystery and expositioning our way through the mystery for fucking forty five minutes. Oh my god, there's so much goddamn exposition in this episode. And none of it tells you a damn thing. Well, because none of it makes any sense. No, they're just just trying to
2: force you to think it makes sense by telling you about it over and over again.
0: That's Braga's move, man. He does that in so many other episodes that we've pointed out. And it wasn't just
1: one sort of at the beginning and one to wrap things up at the end. That's not there were a number of these explainy sequences.
0: Yep. And do you feel any closer to understanding what happened? No. After after having all those explanations seriously?
1: It's like, fucking,
2: ugh. The Enterprise is alive, so it's turning this pile of cords into a guy that's going to fly away. There.
0: Yeah, but really, I mean, seriously, putting aside us pretending to be a little befuddled by it for comedy purposes, mm-hmm. did it make sense to you? No. Like, did it? was there the core of something that... that made any kind of sense because there's a like,
1: lot of retread yeah
0: well there was a lot of that man isn't that your uh that's my bad thing okay tell us I'll tell you about it right
2: so all of this all of this episode features stuff we've already seen before from da- from picard watches day to shakespeare in the park to the enterprise squats out a baby to the holodeck goes crazy in a suitably symbolic fashion we've seen all of this Listen, Emergence, in one episode, Picard will literally take us back to the beginning of the series. We don't need your help showing us shit we've already seen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in fairness, we, we've we treated Holodeck Goes Wrong as one of those tropes. I think this is maybe only like the third time it's happened.
2: Yeah, it's really not. It's another one of those things where it's not nearly as bad as you think it is.
0: It's like Worf and Shuttlecraft. I mean, Amanda and I came up with that on our pass through the show a couple of years ago, and and we
1: were wrong. I was no. really disappointed. Warf I doesn't love lose that joke. Crafts.
2: He lo- he takes vacations.
0: Yeah, Worf takes a lot of vacation. <laughs> that is definitely true.
1: And now, he is bad at his job.
0: Yeah. Except yes. for the management Except part. Except for of the it. management part. He's great at pe- he's great with people.
1: There's a lot of
2: things Worf is bad at. I think I have a list somewhere.
0: <laughs> Number 1, being a dad. <laughs> Number
2: 2, being a Klingon.
0: <laughs> Number 3, being a Klingon dad. <laughs> and yet He's still like he's still a guy that we like and he's a guy who we're gonna be excited to see pop up on the other show later. We sure are. Which is very strange. hmm oh.
2: <laughs> here's Wharf again to Warf it all up.
0: <laughs> the um the symbolism on the holodeck was more, I would say, a retread of Data's Dreaming episode. Yep. Than of any particular holodeck the, episode. This episode
2: very badly wants to be Troy as a
0: cake. Yeah. Also,
1: can you really call it symbolism when they're trying to solve a puzzle and they're looking at a puzzle? Yeah, is they're that looking at people symbolism? literally
0: putting a jigsaw puzzle together. Yep, I'm going to say what could no. it mean?
1: Who cares? What is,
0: what is the meaning of this puzzle? What is it? Whatever.
1: Don't make the subtext text. Where were you raised?
0: <laughs> now attribute your sources.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: That's not your joke. Oh
1: God, no, God, I'm not half that clever.
0: No. That was from the Thrilling Adventure Hour, one of the funniest things I ever said. Yep. <laughs> um, My bad thing was Picard just sort of lets all this happen.
2: Yeah, he could not give less of a shit this episode.
0: No, it's not that. I mean, it is that. We're kind of projecting there, I think. It's, it's more that Picard's sense of there's a new life and we won't do anything possibly to interfere with it because I'm excited to see a new life. Yeah. Except it manifests itself as... I don't care, like, oop, oh, the ship's going warp nine in some strange direction, oh well. Like, he, it doesn't seem to matter to him.
1: It no. felt like season one Surrender Monkey Picard, where it's like, nothing we can do about it, just go with it, I guess. I nope, suppose. That's the end of us.
0: Yeah. But there's so many times where people are saying, well, it's going to cut off life support. Huh. All right. Like, there's don't never...
2: We kind of, I... <laughs> don't we kind of need that?
0: So... That, whatever. Every kind of episode like this has that sort of danger element to it. Everyone's got to be in danger the whole time or you can't tell your story, Mm -hmm. which we've always hated. Mm. But if there's going to be danger, maybe you should act like there's danger.
1: But it wasn't just Picard either. Like, Riker did the same thing where he's like, huh, okay. Yep. And there's a an explainy sequence when they're all in the conference room. Yep. And the, we have some weird camera work where we're just like bopping from head to head while they're all talking. Mm. And none of them seem very engaged. They're all like, I guess we could try this. Well, maybe maybe we should try this idea. I don't know.
0: No, what they should do is polarize.
1: Oh, yes. They should polarize the nodes. Polarize, yep. polarize, polarize.
0: Last time you were here, they couldn't stop saying exocomp.
1: Polarize. Exo-
0: you guys really got to get your uh, your game together there. That was <laughs> exo
1: nodes. <laughs> nodes.
0: Nodes is apparently the thing they said. Nodes. They must
1: have said it twenty or thirty times. Yeah, easily. Said what? Twenty or thirty nine times. Nodes. What's that All name right. again? I forgot. I
0: forgot. Yeah, it was. It was very very repetitive. Not just as Matt said, elements from other episodes, but in general, mm. just. And it did that Braga thing where we have the solution about halfway through the episode and the rest of the time we're just seeing people act out what they said they're going to do. Yep. He's got that formula and it works every single time for him.
2: I don't know that it works for him, but it certainly happens for him a lot.
0: Well, it it works in the sense of being a writer who has a deadline and has to hand in a script.
2: Oh, well then, yes, it works perfectly well.
0: Yes. Not in writing anything particularly entertaining. certainly
2: makes his deadlines.
0: Yep. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Amanda, what was your good thing?
1: Um, well, Troy has been getting sort of progressively better throughout Mm -hmm. the show, and even though the symbolism is barely symbolism and it's all kind of clumsy, she realizes that, uh, the holodeck or the ship or the life form or whatever is sort of going through its ittiness and uh, making these kind of symbols and she uses her powers of psychology and having gone to school for that to solve it and it wasn't like she sensed it was hungry or sad no, or whatever. No, thankfully
0: they didn't pull that bullshit, they pulled in dissent where she could sense Data's new emotions. Yeah.
1: No, she couldn't sense anything, she was just like huh, this seems similar to something I learned about at school maybe I should try and sort it out. Right. It's
0: like I said, I, I wasn't kidding in my summary where I said that is actually the the right team of people to send there. You send someone who understands psychology because the the ship is suddenly a ninth grader who learned what symbolism is and is, and is symbolizing love with a picture of a heart.
1: <laughs> Damn it, crew, what have I told you about giving the holodeck Lord of the Flies?
0: <laughs> you really have an axe to grind against Lord of the Flies, don't you?
1: God, I hate Lord of the Flies. You would too if you spent
2: as
0: much time on it as we did. Oh, fair enough. No, we had to we had to read Our Town like every year forever. Ugh. Yeah. I'll trade you. <laughs> no. Yours had violence in it at least. Yeah, it did. And a yep. plane crash. And a plane crash.
1: And not a single lady.
2: And a lot of dead children.
0: Yeah. See, I would have gladly traded uh, Our Town for Johnny Deformed. <laughs> That's an old school Simpsons reference. You must know that one. Oh yeah. Yep. Okay. Just just making sure. Uh what was your bad thing?
1: Um Everything else, <laughs> <laughs> every other thing.
0: Well, you can't do that because I haven't said mine
1: yet. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I hated how stupid... you can't take them all. That's my job. Yeah. I hated how stupid everyone was. It takes them so long to figure everything out. Yeah. Like they know they're they they have said. They're going into the holodeck life form dream thing, and so they know they need to try and fit into it. But they still don't bring the tickets with them that they the were asked time, for yeah. in the first place. Like, and there's guys who are solving a puzzle of some of the nodes, and they don't realize that. And there's nodes on the back <laughs> of the cards, and they, d- oh, it's it's so obvious.
0: Well, and that's the problem you have when you want to write a mystery is keeping it mysterious to the characters, but making it so the audience can kind of follow along. And, and it's done poorly here because rather than making a mystery that we have to be smart enough to figure out, he's just made the characters stupid enough that they can't. Mm-hmm. That's That's an easy trick way out of that, which doesn't, you know. Like, it's that is like
1: exactly
2: that. how you don't write a mystery. No. You don't so, make it work, an Braga.
0: obvious mystery that the entire audience figures out, but the, your characters are all too stupid to mm-hmm. see. That's just sloppy writing.
2: Yeah. No, there's there, there's nothing more annoying than stupid characters, you know?
0: Yep. Especially stupid characters being so out of character, because yeah. these guys are pretty smart.
2: Yeah. That's kind of the point of them.
0: I mean, a few weeks ago, we had we had Wharf even kind of helping to figure out the whole symbolism in masks. Mm-hmm. Remember, he was like, and this god must do this, because that represents... The- it's like, wow, even Worf.
1: And all of these guys went through Starfleet Academy, and you can't exactly be a slouch to do that.
0: Right. And they ended up on the flagship. you got to be, like, the best of yeah. the best for that.
2: Or, or you killed the guy, and Picard wants to see how you're doing. Yes. <laughs> That's also move, a good way to get on.
0: You all move up in rank. Yes. Of course. Um... My good thing. Well, we have a scene where Wharf is shoveling coal <laughs> on the train, the train engine, which represents the engine of the ship. Yep, because an engine <laughs> is a symbol for an engine. Get it? Do you
2: get it? But it this... goes faster when Wharf
0: shovels coal into it. But...
1: Oh my God! I had so much trouble not being Kim watching this episode. Let's
0: let's get to that in a 2nd uh... s- Let's put a pin in that because that's separate from what I'm talking about here. That is a whole uh, thing we should talk about. No, I'm just saying that watching Worf pick up a shovel and shovel coal harkens back to the days when we were amused by Worf picking up a phone, (laughs) Worf drinking tea. Anytime Worf does a normal human activity, it's funny to us. Yeah, it's
2: it's been a while since we've gotten to see any of that.
0: Yeah, and so watching him shovel coal was a nice callback for us.
2: I think the last one that was even close was Worf peeking around a corner.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You did like Worf peeking around a corner quite a bit. That was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, Amanda, let's talk about this. uh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, well, too late. You brought it up. Brian actually cited this episode specifically when we've talked about holodeck physics and how two things can be going on at the same time Mm. to two different sets of people.
1: Uh, Well, I hate to pick nits about this sort of thing because it's a show and I should really just relax, but... I have a lot of I don't have problems suspending my disbelief that there's like a magic room that can like materialize guys and like play video games on. I, I'm with it there. What I don't like is when you've got two sets of characters who are far apart from each other. Yeah, you got
0: a train that's continuing to move and then you have a town where everything is, you know, and happening
1: they make a point of saying that all this holodeck stuff is happening whether or not there's human people on there. Mm -hmm. That's how the holodeck space baby thing is working itself out. So the train stuff is all still physically happening and it's not happening like in extended memory or something. It's physically happening on the holodeck while we're following our guys out onto the street where a wall falls on Troy. And I, I I can't do it. I can't Follow that. There's
0: more than one holodeck. There are different things that are happening on different holodeck.
1: But it's all happening on the same holodeck because we were just there. Oh.
0: No, it'd well, be unless
1: the, unless the oh. train get, the
0: computer transfers
2: the train to a different holodeck after they leave it. Uh, That's what
0: maybe. I'm saying, yeah.
2: That's, It's reaching. I'm not going to lie. There's a,
0: there's a million no-prize explanations we can come up with, but ultimately it comes down to the show didn't give us enough information to to make that you know call. Yeah. And it should have some kind of internal logic. You're absolutely right.
1: I don't know it's dumb to worry about it but
0: oh come on if Kim's gonna come on and worry about where blood comes from in a sebaceous gland and so forth then it's only fair that you you know
2: where does blood come from in a sebaceous gland it I don't
0: doesn't
1: remember.
0: I'm pretty sure Kim told us that everything was a-okay in that episode so we're fine <laughs> right.
1: oh yeah that's that's how I remember that
0: yeah that's that's as well how I remember it uh Matt you good thing
2: uh yeah, so um at one point Troy says the line Oh,
0: oh oh, this is my quote actually.
2: Alright, well at one point Troy says this line. I think we should follow that man. That brick might be an important clue. Uh-huh. Which I am awarding my coveted favorite line ever said in TNG ever award. Congratulations, D.
0: <laughs> she won Best Cup. Yep. See
1: Oh no Matt, she's gonna take your cup.
0: No, <laughs> Gee, I, I could not think of a quote because so much of this episode is just that exposition. There's really no... And that's the thing. Braga usually is good for at least a couple of little cute character moments. That's yeah, one he thing does, he's good that's, at.
2: That's, that, we've talked about that a lot. His character stuff is fine.
0: Yeah, it is. He's, usually. He, those cute moments. Yeah. Particularly like Riker Troy, that kind of thing. Yeah, but mm-hmm.
1: like Geordi and Data were crawling through a Jeffrey's tube together Then it should have been a Geordi and Data in the morning moment, and they didn't talk about anything. They were just talking about the dumb thing they were doing. Yeah, usually when
0: you show them doing that, that's when you have one of those sort of um, Jules and Vincent from Pulp Fiction side conversations.
2: Geordi, do you know what they call a Big Mac in uh, in, uh, France?
0: I don't know. Let me ask the captain. (laughs) He's from France.
2: Oh, shit, I just shot Worf in the
0: face. (laughs) No, 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 you shoot Jordy in the face and become a commander. <laughs> Duh. Uh, what else? I actually have very little to say about this episode because because it is so made up of other episodes we've already seen, there's really not a lot to say.
1: Yep. I don't know. That's the thing about characters we've already seen. I thought that the holodeck going all crazy would be a good opportunity to bring back some of those hollow characters we've seen before. Well, like,
0: okay, yeah, like the... Like
1: bring in the dixon hill guys or right. like i don't know no i briefly
2: you... really thought like there's even a gangster in this and i thought well why don't you they put the dixon hill va- vampire gangster <laughs> in there
1: and like they could have brought some of this full of data guys in mm-hmm. yeah it just would have been kind of a nice touch but no that would
0: have been too much work well braga said that he wanted this to be his ultimate holodeck episode the same way that he felt timescape was his ultimate time episode Mm. That one we also found tedious and stupid.
2: Yeah, by that logic, brog is the ultimate TNG writer.
0: <laughs> is he, Matt?
2: Uh, he's some kind of TNG writer. If you're using,
0: much. if you're using "ultimate" in the sense of the last.
2: Mm. Well, no, no, that's not even true because there's still two episodes.
0: Yeah, he co-wrote uh, the finale with with Ron Moore, I believe.
2: Ooh, unless he wrote Nemesis by himself.
0: No, I don't think that he did.
2: No, nah, the, they were all done by him and Ron Moore, right? Like no. all four.
0: No, no, no. The first two were. Really? Yeah, and then they were too busy to do the other two. Good. And they were written by other people.
2: I'd hate to have to blame Insurrection on Ron Moore. Well, the guy's
0: not perfect.
2: No, he's not by any stretch of the imagination last season of Battlestar Galactica. But, um...
0: <laughs> no, but he is he is the best.
2: Yeah, he, he's definitely the... Individual writer. The best of them.
0: Yeah. And when you see written by him on an episode, chances are nine times out of ten it's going to be a good yeah. one. Yeah. And there was that... One time out of ten where it was like, Oh, really? You did this? And you didn't even apologize you. for it? <laughs> nope. You were proud of it. God damn it. Well that is what memory alpha's for. Yep. It's for apologies. Apologize
2: to
1: us. Nobody yes. apologized for this one.
0: No. Nope. Nope. Nobody did.
1: We checked. Also yep.
0: they went they went warp nine and nobody said we're not allowed to go warp nine. No. We, we've the... completely abandoned that already.
2: A, a Starfleet traffic cop should have pulled them over. Yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, where's the fire then?
1: Maybe that's what a defiant is. You
2: know how faster you're going back there Picard. Oh well, I'm sorry.
1: You I... see this space baby took over my ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space sure. baby always took over sure, your ship.
2: Sure, sure. I've heard it a thousand times. Now
0: step out of the vehicle, would you please?
2: It, into the I cold, don't think that's really of necessary space. officer.
0: <laughs> don't tell me how to do my job. O'Brien, oh, is that you?
2: <laughs> oh, I'm moonlighting. I just wanted to come back for one more episode. <laughs> we be um, back in Journey's End.
0: We um wait what?
2: Or uh all good things. Damn oh. it.
0: Yes, so he will.
2: And who we still won't know where now? he went.
0: Nope. We still like as next gen viewers who have never seen Deep Space Nine, you know, technically, like they never told us. They never said O'Brien went to Deep Space Nine. He's just gone.
2: My working theory right now is the murder suicide pact with Keiko.
0: No, you're not going to convince Keiko to kill herself. Ugh. <laughs> that lady never will Who die. said
2: Keiko was the one killing herself?
0: Well, right. Um, My only other thing was at the end where they're talking about the Tempest again and they have some really sort of crazy, super on-the-nose, hammer-the-point-home mm-hmm. quote about Brave New World and I just wanted to throw something at it. That's all. Ugh. Anything else from you guys?
1: That no. was weird.
0: Jordy said it was weird. Yeah, like that was a, that times. wasn't too bad. Yeah, that was that was all right. Not really worth noting exactly. That was going to be my quote. It's just how unremarkable the dialogue was in this episode.
1: Mm-hmm. Everything's weird.
0: It's, this is weird, Captain. Oh, I this see. Is weird.
1: Do you care to elaborate?
0: It was really weird. You should come over
2: here and look at it. <laughs> Woo <Woo-wee>. Haven't done <laughs> that in is weird. a while.
0: <laughs> I wish I could see the way you see, Jordy. Oh, no, not again.
2: (laughs) Give me those glasses.
0: What about you, Matt? No. No? Amanda, any further business? No. Very well. It is time, then, to push forward and talk about the penultimate episode of the series, Preemptive Strike. Amanda, take it away.
1: The Enterprise isn't turning into a temple, primeval jungle, or even a train this week. I think I might have gotten a dud. (laughs) Nope, instead it's being a bus, racing out into space to pick up Ensign Rowe from her management training seminar on E-Couragement 9. Alright, Ensign Rowe! Maybe it's not a dud after all. Ooh, and she's a left tenant now. And they're having an adorable party for her. An adorable party that she claw her own eyes out to escape. Remind you guys of anyone? No. Fortunately... Daddy Picard saves her, and she has a chance to remind us of how much she's terrified of disappointing him. It's a lot. Everyone is, Ro. Everyone is. It turns out that the Cardassians are back to their old tricks, supplying civilians with face-melting weapons to melt the faces off boring Federation civ- To melt the faces off boring Federation civilians who've taken to calling themselves the Maquis. Ugh. Oh, and the area of space they're in, the Demi. The Demilitarized Zone? Yeah, instead of calling that the DMZ or Zed, they call it the Zone, like so much MTV host segment. Huh. Admiral enjoys Scones Netchev, like all right thinking people, wants to curtail marquee ati- activity. Now, now is as good a time as any for Picard to test out his freshly minted roe in a mission that will cause her to question her loyalty. Good management strategy, guys! Roe visits yet another cantina scene, makes out with a dude, and Worf stone storms in and unconvincingly yells about how much trouble she's in. She meets up with a gullible Maquis agent who stuns her and brings her back to the splaying parlor, where some other Maquis barely question her. Before long, Row has a new Maquis daddy figure, Macias, that's not confusing, and has infiltrated the cell. She goes back to the cantina set and pretends to be a... Pre- and pretends to be a prostitute that Picard is interested in, in what has to be in the top ten most squickifying scenes in Next Gen. Picard wants her to fulfill her mission, betray the Maquis, and get back to work while Picard wants her to fulfill her mission, betray the Maquis, get back to work, and while she's at it, a world's greatest dad mug wouldn't go amiss. Ro agrees, spends some time soul-searching and basking and baking Bajoran, or is that Bajora... Food for her new dad. New dad gets shot by some Cardassians, and his death rattles his last words to her. Roe betrays the Federation, leaves the Maquis out of a trap, and goes to join the rebel forces, where she'll be all the Tribble-it-all.
0: You guys know how much I love rebel episodes, right? Uh Uh-huh.
1: A lot. It's a lot, right?
0: Yeah, because we have so much invested in them, and we really care about their plight. We sure do. And we're really interested in what happens next. And fortunately, these characters will... Go across this series, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, so mm-hmm. we'll have a lot of them to come.
2: It's a, it's a good thing the Maki are so interesting and have such a good reason for doing whatever hey, the fuck hey, they're doing.
1: You're always complaining that you've never heard of a guy before and will never hear of him again. This time you've heard of them all before and you get to hear of them again and again oh, and again man. and again and again and again.
0: If I thought it would make a noise, I would be banging my head against the microphone right now. <laughs> Just... They
1: make their way into all the quadrants.
0: Yep, even the Beta Quadrant, and the Beta Quadrant is weird. <laughs> no <one It> smells <laughs> shit funny. About
2: the Beta Quadrant.
1: It's weird, Captain.
0: Yeah. Um. I hate the Maquis. Yeah. I just. I. Re- well, it, this is basically your bad thing, isn't it, Matt?
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Well, <laughs> go ahead.
2: I do not, and never will, ever understand the Maquis. They're fighting the Cardassian occupation. But, unlike the Bajorans, they knew that the Cardassians were taking over. And they decided to stay and take their chances. They fl- The dude s- flat out says that.
1: Who that's, uh, that's actually my quote.
0: Well, we'll All right. put it right here. Some of us chose to stay. Take our chances. Then one night I was dragged from my bed and beaten. The authorities clucked their tongues and agreed it was an unfortunate incident. And did nothing. That's what he now,
2: said. I'm sorry that you don't want to lose your house, but guess what? You are a Federation citizen. That is the golden fucking ticket of governments. I'm sure that when they said they had to move you, they already had a beautiful new colony of billions of from one of the billions of M Class planets checked out for you and an apology card. But no, 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 no. You wanted to see how it would work out with the Cardassians. The space Nazis. And then you're surprised when they decide to start massacring you? The Maquis. We have never heard that story about the scorpion crossing the river.
0: Matt, they (laughs) they were just following orders, Matt. They're they're not Nazis. They they were just following
2: orders. Uh
0: Yeah. What what the fuck, man? we're, We're meant to sympathize with these people who were told get out of here, this this is a bad scene. And they said, no, we can handle it. And, and then they're angry that they can't handle it. It wasn't
1: yeah. even just get out of here. It was, let us take you to someplace else. Well, that's what that Indian episode was yeah. about. Yeah, it's the, Well, it's the same section of space.
0: Right. Because so, it's, it's, like, it's, okay, it's all we're, in the zone, Matt. Yeah. The zone. In the zone.
1: The no, zone. We're going to
2: set you up. Look, we know that they, this whole thing with the Cardassians is affecting you. We're really sorry, but we're going to get you out of here. We're going to get you somewhere nice. We're going to get you away from being murdered. No, I don't want that.
0: I want to be in my house. Well, okay, but... um, Why don't you support my fight against the Cardassians? Because they're supposed to be here. (laughs) I'm sorry, we're in the middle of a
2: very, very tense situation where we're trying not to have a war happen. So maybe you could fuck the fuck off instead. How about that?
1: <laughs> and it's not like with the Bajorans because one, the Bajorans—it's their homeworld. This is yeah. the only planet they've got, and they—they right. they don't have a big, nice uh, government that will take them someplace else. And the Cardassians wouldn't let them leave. They—they they no. were keeping them prisoner on that planet. Yeah, no, they, they wanted enslaved, them some yeah.
2: slaves. Sure.
1: Yeah, no, the Maquis are are being offered a nice bus ride in the nicest bus there is mm-hmm. to yep. a different planet that's already got buildings and everything all set up and air conditioning, and it would be fine.
2: <clears throat> yeah.
0: I I saw no evidence of air conditioning. Though. Let's be <laughs> clear on that point. <laughs> that's true. You, you did see evidence of the bus, though. I did see the bus, or the fire truck, as some might call it. <sighs> no, it's I don't just... get it. I don't know why we're meant to sympathize with these people, because I have absolutely no sympathy for them or their plight.
1: No. Or their costumes. They're
0: just going to keep
2: showing up as these guys who just kill Cardassians. Yep. And, like, it's supposed to be a big deal. And every time they show up, this will happen every time from now on. Every time they show up, I'm just like, what? Shut up.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, a good drama would create a a group of characters that we care about that we're like, wow, there's no easy answer to this. Yeah. But that's not the case. There is an easy answer to this. There's a dirt
2: simple answer to this.
0: Yeah.
1: Space is big. Yep. It's not, and it's not like on Earth where it's like, well, the guys are taking over the area you're in, and there is nowhere else for you to go. Yeah, well, you, there's nowhere for you to go. You got to stay there and fight because where else are you gonna go? There's all of space, and in Star Trek space, every other planet supports life and is a paradise yep. and Eden-like Eden. paradise. Yeah, yep. and if it isn't, hey, we got
2: terraforming pretty nailed too.
0: Well, I don't know we, about that.
2: We got options out the yin-yang for you guys. That's Where true. do you want to go? Anywhere in the vast universe. We want to stay here.
0: Well, fuck you then. It's a, it's literally a demilitarized zone, which is what people uh, compare uh, things to.
1: Uh-uh. It is a zone.
0: No, I'm not abbreviating and I'm saying the full name. So that's <laughs> the okay. The zone. That's a thing that people compare things to when they want to talk about something being awful. Mhm. Wow. That city street during these hockey riots was like a demilitarized zone.
1: I want yeah, to live in the minefield.
0: Yeah, that's that's what people use as as the yardstick for things are awful. Mm-hmm. Those they're not pleasant places to be. Uh, so yeah,
2: we fucking hate the Maquis.
0: Yeah, they're not great. No. And the thing is, this show could have maybe portrayed them in a way that we were we were sympathetic. They could have at least started out cool and just gotten stupid later. But nope, this is this is their first appearance and they're terrible. Yep. And it's all downhill from here. Their first of many appearances. Wasn't Wasn't that basically your good thing, Amanda?
1: This is my base... Well, my, my good thing's... I mean, I th- this episode, I mean, for all of our complaining, was fine. It's not a bad episode. No, and, it's got
0: some really good stuff going for it. Yeah, yeah, and
1: I mean, I really... I love Ro. She's one of my favorite characters in Next Gen. And But really, my good thing's a bit of a cop-out, because this is the best Maquis episode we ever get. This is... This episode that's sort of mediocre and is like, okay, fine, whatever, it's a six. Um, this is as good as it gets for the Maquis. This is their best episode.
0: I don't know. The DS9 ones, particularly with... And it, Now, I know there are people who are going to be watching along with us, and I'm actually reluctant to spoil things for real. Mm-hmm. But there is a character who ends up being sympathetic with the Maquis that we didn't realize was sympathetic with the Maquis. That actually that's ends actually, up actually being, not a bad episode. That actually ended up being a really good twist. Mm -hmm. but for the most part yeah you're right this is this is probably about the best we're gonna get and this is
1: the best certainly the best rebel mulledy rebel episode we've had so far
0: yeah i guess
1: or again it's not great but it's fine
0: i guess that's true what was your bad thing
1: um I kinda have a problem with Rose Ark. She sort of learns nothing on her time on the Enterprise. She ends up pretty much in the same place she starts. She starts as sort of a a rebel with a chip on her shoulder who's against the Federation. Then she sort of softens on it and comes around with Picard and thinks, well, okay, well, maybe I can make a difference here and this will be great. And then she goes right back to being a, uh, just another rebel again. It's... Uh, I think having her sort of say, no, I've moved past this would, be, would have been better.
0: See, I think she changed from a rebel with a chip on her shoulder to just a rebel. I don't think she has a chip on her shoulder anymore. I think they made her... Her time on the Enterprise, her time back with Starfleet, particularly with Picard, and some of the stuff she's been through with these people, I think, made her a little softer. Sort of like what happened to Picard. Humanized her a little bit. Made her a little less hard. Like, she had an emotional arc, I would say.
1: But she still ends up in the same place that she started.
0: Yeah, but she ends up there not out of necessity, but out of choice. And I think that makes it different.
1: I don't know. She chose to do the rebel thing to begin with. And then she chose to be in Starfleet. She chose and then... to
0: overthrow the Cardassians. Yeah, I think there's the a difference there. between <laughs> yeah. you know
2: choosing to overthrow the government that's oppressing your people and choosing to overthrow the
0: whatever, the, the whatever the hell the Maquis are trying to do,
2: oppressing their place that they own legally and you're squatting on.
0: Yeah. No, I I think I don't is... know that it's a step up, <laughs> but uh, I think this row is a different row, is what I'm saying. I think there is an arc there. I don't think she's completely not gained any ground.
1: No, but she does sort of just Wesley out of Starfleet.
2: She totally Wesley's
0: out of Starfleet. Yeah that's true, but she didn't kill a guy.
1: No, she killed a lot of guys.
0: Right, but like not, a
1: whole not on lot. camera.
0: Yeah, not on camera. No. Actually, technically Wesley didn't either. That happened after like that happened before we got there.
2: Why are you sticking up for Wesley so much? You know he killed a guy,
0: right? Yeah I know. And and now he's a Space Indian <laughs>
2: Damn it. No, it, this actually really felt a lot like Journey's End.
0: It did, except it was a character that was well written and well acted.
2: Well, yes. I just had a picture of Picard going, oh, we lost two. Yeah. Well, well one and a half. He
0: wasn't great. <laughs> we never really had him anyway.
1: I didn't have high hopes for him. <laughs>
0: The uh my, my good thing is effectively that this is a good row episode actually, so in, in a sense my good thing is pretty much in, in opposition to your bad thing. Let's Ooh,
2: fight. conflict. Let's fight.
0: There there was the a good word there, Matt, because there was conflict. There was some nice like they hammered it home way too much. You know, I want mm-hmm. Picard to be proud of me, I want Picard. Like they basically just openly said the thing we've been joking about for yeah. seven seasons now. Which is everyone lives for that guy's expectations. Mm-hmm. And but that said, they did a really good job of giving her a hard choice because Picard really did help her turn her life around. She's already back up to lieutenant. She got busted down when she went to jail Mm -hmm. and now she's back up to lieutenant again and she got special ops training and whatever. And she's really got her stuff together and we feel bad for her. Because we do have a bit of an attachment to her and we do feel bad that she, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought it was a good Rose story.
1: Oh, my I... God. And that last shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Patrick Stewart directed this episode and the last shot is like a lingering shot on his face looking disappointed. Yep. And it's like, oh, God,
0: God, no. And you, no, you, don't. You, unlike every person I know, don't have daddy issues.
1: <laughs> no, I don't. And it's
0: still got to you.
1: I just have Picard issues. We all want Picard (laughs) to be proud of us. Understandable. And, like, Riker comes in and he he gives him the mission briefing pad, and then he just sort of, like, skulks out, like, oh, don't be angry at me, Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) My,
0: I
2: I actually, I was, this goes back a bit, but I actually feel like, you know, this is maybe Starfleet, I think this episode sort of proves Starfleet is maybe not the place for Roe. Well, right. You know, like, I I just don't think that the that going. I think that I feel like she jumped on the Maquis just because it was the first thing that came along that wasn't Starfleet.
0: No, because she bonded with her new daddy. There was definitely yeah, but some he of that. Died,
2: so she can't keep bonding with him.
0: No, but now she wants to make his ghost proud. Or something. I just I feel like I now know.
2: that he's dead, she'll be all like, should have stayed with Picard. He was a daddy figure that was around that I could help that I could impress.
0: Yeah, well, that's a good point.
2: Now what'll I do? Well, and I know she here, lady. You come o- come over here and tell me that you're not proud of me,
0: <laughs> lady who looks like what did you say, Peg Bundy?
2: <laughs> Peg Bundy, get over here and tell me that you're not proud of me.
0: Ow!
2: Ah, there we go. <laughs> now put on these leopard these leopard print stretch pants.
0: Boy, this this <laughs> took a weird turn. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's weird, Captain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it is. Well spotted.
0: Um, my my bad thing is okay. I like Roe. She's easily the strongest female character we've ever had in next gen. She's it's an interesting idea for a character to have someone who sort of needs redemption. And it's and it's an interesting idea to have them fail to get that redemption. That said, this is the second to last episode of the entire series. We're tying up a lot of loops here. This is really one of the like you only got a few episodes to go. This is one of the ones we're going to come back to a character that we've ignored for two years. Like yeah. You you couldn't do one more good Jordy episode.
1: No. Yeah, this belonged in the middle of the season like to yeah. tie up the some of the what happened to the supporting cast. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Like toward the end we should really wrap be wrapping up everyone's arcs as far as like Data and Jordy and Troy and and Jordy didn't have shit to do this season. That's nope. the, that's why I picked that out of out of the hat. But I mean Data didn't have a ton and uh, Troy had a little bit. You know what I mean? Like Worf's really the only guy we've gotten, you know,
2: it was a lot. It was a pretty wharf heavy season. Come to think of it,
0: it was, and uh, as usual, we got some decent Picard stuff. Yeah, but like we didn't get a great Riker episode. No, like we could have we could have focused on any of the core seven.
2: Listen, anything would have been better than Jordy's mom.
0: That's true. Was that this season? It might have been. It was been
2: like the first or second episode of this season.
0: So it was, and that really wasn't about Jordy hardly at all. No, that was about Jordy acting out of character. If it was anything.
2: about the t- it was about the chair Jordy kicked. <laughs>
0: It was a chair. Yeah. yeah.
2: Once more before this, Before we're done.
0: Oh, no, no. We got so many jokes, I can't imagine we're going to retire them all. <laughs> Mexican Scotty's still around, after all. See? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like it would have been nice to have this, this uh, whole thing happen either earlier, or maybe when Roe was still there, but it feels like, it really feels like, oh, yeah, Ensign Roe.
2: Yeah. No this episode would have been so much better if she'd been around.
0: Well, that's true, too. Even, if they, was...
2: even if they just barclay her and had her show up a couple of times a season, you know? Yeah. Like, she did in season five. Like, she was never a cast member, but she showed up, you know, no, regularly a... enough for us to know that she was there.
0: There was a stretch there, and I think it was season five, where she was in every, like, every episode or every other episode yeah. for, like, five or ten in a row there. Yeah, and, she, and didn't even,
1: she didn't even have to do much. Like, she was mostly just up in the, the front chair. Yeah,
0: in the Wesley seat.
1: Yeah, in the yeah. Wesley seat. Yeah,
0: and that's that's really all we needed. But, I mean, maybe she was busy, I don't know. No. And at least they tell us that she's been off somewhere.
2: Yeah, but, the, like, this episode not has like a real, out of sight, out of mind sort of thing to it, just because, you know, when she's gone, it's I personally am not like, where's Ro?
0: See, I was for a while there, and then I gave up. It took so long, I just kind of... Because we're still saying, where's Guinan?
1: Yep. Where you is You don't Guinan? get to know...
0: And no, we never find out. I I mean, Matt and I have always assumed, I don't know if this has ever made it on the show, that she goes off on these crazy Indiana Jones adventures to find new drink recipes. Oh, yeah. And it would be great to follow. That's why she, she knows her way around weapons, because she's got to, you know, fight people for them, and you know, all kinds of stuff like that.
2: My current theory is that uh, her latest bartender apprentice finally sort of reached journeyman status, and <laughs> she had to go away for him to sort of stand on his own feet.
0: Yeah, yeah that would be Ben. Yeah, Ben. Yeah. Right. You've got a friend like Ben. Yeah, there you go. No, we're not reprising that. Ah,
2: <laughs> We never get to reprise.
0: I think it's reprise anyway.
2: Aw. We don't get to do that either.
0: No. Not this time, man. This is another episode where I actually don't have a ton to say. Nah. It's just kind of... It was just kind of there. You, Amanda, you said a six. I would say a five.
1: Yeah, not... I mean, Solidly it was...
0: Solidly middle of the pack. It's I,
1: fine. Uh, I feel
0: like Roe brings it up to a six. I see Roe brought it up to a five for me.
1: Ooh.
0: Otherwise it would have been the Maquis and it would have been like... Yeah. I don't
1: know, Gullivec was in it.
0: He was. Cardassians nice. are cool. Yeah, Cardassians are Cardassians are cool. Yeah. A car could be blue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we got to see a lady Cardassian, which was cool.
0: Yep. She didn't say anything, but yeah.
1: No, she's just there.
0: you just, was... just like being reminded that they exist. Yeah. yeah, that's always nice.
1: I like that their uniforms are the same as the boy uniforms.
0: Yep. And they put makeup in their spoon.
1: Yeah, I think that's yep. a cool choice. And since, since Star Trek is so bad at so many of the costume design choices that aren't uniforms, it's always nice to see a touch where I'm like, oh yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's
0: the makeup guys. The makeup yeah. guys that they had on Deep Space Nine were quite good. Mm. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they probably uh, helped refine the Cardassians a bit.
2: Mm. That's just a cool idea. And it's, uh, like it's sort of weird, but you know, it still makes sense. Right. As a thing that, like, a culture would sort of adopt as a fashion thing? Sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but they don't, they're not wearing flowy lady dresses.
0: Right. No, they seem to be equals. Yeah.
1: Unlike in, you know, the Federation.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Well, Romulans also have that.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. So who's really the bad guy? The Maquis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely the Maquis. They're the worst the guy.
0: Yep. They had a dude, one of the Maquis guys, just to me, appeared to be the guy who almost got called back to play Tuvok. He looked like he could be Tim Russ's lesser successful younger brother. Yep. He had that same look, only he looked a little more 90s, like, high top fade kind of mm-hmm. look. But it abused me because every time he talked, every time he, he, he was on screen, it was like, wow, that's too... Wait, no, that's not Tuvok.
2: Not Tuvok.
0: Very close. Yep. But not quite. This
2: close to being Tuvok.
0: Yeah, well, this episode was meant to set up Voyager. Mhm. They they established the Maquis. the uh professor at Starfleet Academy that Roe talks about is supposed to be Chakotay.
2: Yep. I was actually I was surprised that they were uh setting up Voyager this early, but apparently
0: No, Voyager premiered in uh, it, early 95 and next Gen ended in 94, like it was it was right, you know. Yeah. Right after, not long after. mm mm-hmm.
2: Mhm.
1: I think they were trying to be subtle with the tie ins to this and DS9, but it was so subtle that you didn't feel it at all. Like, it didn't, like. Oh, no,
0: and I've uh, said that before. I never really felt like this, that Next Gen made me want to watch DS9, which was really disappointing.
2: Well, it's certainly, like, there's a reason I didn't watch DS9 until well after it was over.
0: Yeah, and see, I didn't start watching it until uh, right until right before Worf showed up. Mm hmm.
1: I watched it from episode one, and I loved it. Well, and everyone ever, on your nose. Everyone around me was like, oh, why do you like that stupid space uh, station show? And nobody would listen to me.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't know you because you were nine years old at the time.
1: Nobody would listen. <laughs> Hello, Al, this is your future wife. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like that episode where Keiko turns into a child.
0: Ugh. So, moving on. I'm nine, and you're going to prison. <laughs> Amanda, out when uh, when Ro tries to break into the enterprise oh yeah that's my good thing oh i just i was going to comment on the fact that someone said of it it's a galaxy class starship it's like a fortress mm-hmm. that just made me laugh and laugh it's no it's like yep. a bus you can just wander on anytime it almost turned into a fortress that one time <laughs> yes but for the most part you can just you can just wander on and do what you like yep so uh, what what was actually your good thing
2: uh, i just like the whole scene with row robbing the enterprise i think that's kind of cool would have uh, been way cooler if she'd had to legitimately heist the place, but, you know.
1: But she didn't warn them she was coming. Like, she had a plan, and she enacted the plan. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. No, it was it was good. I just, she, she I thought it would have been cooler if the plan lot.
2: had worked without sort of the crew knowing about it, because they're like, oh, it's Roe. Well, we'll let her steal from us.
0: Yeah, but dramatically, you need Picard to know what's going on.
2: Yeah. Where the hell do all our medical supplies go? Oh, well, replicate some more. <laughs> Uh, Captain, someone stole all my syringes. <laughs> Thank you, Bever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the scene where Rose pretending to be a prostitute.
0: Oh, God. Oh,
1: no, no. Because Picard's the one that's
0: supposed to be propositioning her. If it was anybody else, it would be like, well... She's got to do this, it's unfortunate, but whatever.
1: Or if it was Riker, it could have been kind yeah. of a charming, sort of sleazy, funny scene. And a yeah. callback
0: to the fact that they've already been together like that.
1: But no, like, she's like pawing Picard, and he's pawing her, and it's, oh, it's she's yucky. She's doing
2: weird shit to his ear, and it's just gross.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh. Because there's
0: definitely a father-daughter thing there.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's creepy.
0: little creepy. Yeah. Yep. there indeed. That's all I have. What about you guys? Uh, let me just
2: take a quick look at the old notes.
1: I wish that uh, Ro had been on DS9.
0: Yeah, it was supposed to be her and not Kira, yeah. but Michelle Forbes couldn't commit, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I
1: that's mean, too Kira, bad.
2: Leading a like, series, that's good work.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: It, like, Kira was good. Like, I'm not, yeah. like, nothing against that. I just mm-hmm. would have liked... I, I think no, Michelle, Michelle Forbes, Forbes is,
0: is really good. Yeah, she's a little better than Nana Visitor, which <laughs> is how you say that, by the way. Nana.
2: Then I'll visit her, "Hey, hey, goodbye."
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> I love the way Michelle Forbes carries herself, where she's sort of strong but kind of flat-footed and a little bit awkward when she's not in an action sequence, like when she's in the um, the beginning sequence where she's making polite conversation with Bever, mm-hmm. and you can just see her trying to inch away and trying to act a little bit shorter than she is. Right. Yep.
0: No, that's good. shes is, she is quite good. And, you know, good enough that only like 15 years later she could play an admiral. In yeah, a, different a great show. admiral. Yeah, she yeah. was
1: awesome in that. Yeah, she was. Brought to you by Quiznos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. Toasty. She was also
1: <laughs> on True Blood. Probably also brought to you by Quiznos.
0: So, Matt, do you have any further things to say about this episode?
2: Uh, this episode features Hasbarat, the Bajoran brine taco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this
1: episode brought to you by Hasbarat. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Slimy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know
2: much about about uh, about our new recruit but I know this she makes a salty ass taco <laughs> and that's good enough for me damn it <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
2: that is all I do not have anything else to say about this episode
1: I don't well. think I can top that
0: nope salty tacos
1: <laughs> sounds filthy
0: <laughs> mostly just gross <laughs> All right, Amanda, as always, thank you. Uh, there aren't enough movies for you to be here for the movies, unfortunately, but we will see you. Oh, for no, I don't
1: have to watch a, star, a next-gen movie. What a shame. Well, you
0: might very well have to be in the same room with me when I watch it.
1: I'm going to play Saints Row. <laughs>
0: No, come on, you're not. you can come, you Same can watch TV. Nemesis
2: like we did the first time and think we liked it until we thought about it for more than 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing I'm going to bring up when we have our our rediscussion of uh, Into Darkness. You remember when uh, Star Wars episode 1 The Phantom Menace came out and we all walked out and we all thought we kind of liked it? Yep. That happens sometimes. Yep. And then you start thinking about it. Yep. So many problems. That's what happened to me with Into Darkness, and that's probably what happened to you guys with Nemesis. I had a
2: similar thing with Spider-Man 3 when I came out. That was really good, except for the part where in the other part that didn't
0: really You see that movie, Spider-Man 3? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cite your sources, Al. Oh, yes, you're absolutely right. That was from Super Ego. All right. It's actually Spider-Man 2, so I made it my own, really.
2: (laughs) Oh well, that makes it all right. Intellectually then. distinct. Intellectually <laughs> distinct.
0: I'm not singing "Happy Birthday." I'm singing for he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> Our email address, as always, is postatomichorror at gmail. We will be doing a supplemental episode soon. If you want to hear us talk about something specific to Next Gen, now's your time. Because once yep. we get into DS9, we're we're not really going to want to go back. Nope. We will, but we'd we'd rather not. We'd rather. Well, I mean, you've listened break. to all
2: of the TNG episodes, presumably, and you know how often do we do we go back to original series?
0: That's different.
1: Sometimes.
0: That's different because we miss it. We do. That's different. Um, That is it. I have a couple of pieces of mail here already, and I realized, well, that's what that's for. Yep. You guys write to us, and we will answer them. Uh, Yes. Website, postatomichorror.com. We will be, if you live anywhere near Portland, Oregon, we will be at the Rose City Mm Comic-Con, which is a relatively new show. I believe this is only their second year. But it's put together by the people who do Emerald City here in Seattle and looks to be a much bigger show than I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Um that is September twentieth, I think. RoseCitycomicon dot com you can find out for sure. I believe it's the twentieth. Yeah. But I could be a day or two off there. We will have a table there. We will be performing little puppet shows for people as they walk by and um handing out free stuff and uh you should come check it out if you if you listen to the show if you like the show please come see us we have we have like buttons with the with the show logo on it we could chat with you but whatever you like yeah we will we will we are there for you we are there to support the show for the people and for the for the for the people yeah we're All there right. for the people very well for the folks you might say yeah well then uh tell the folks Matt. tell them
2: see you people <laughs>
0: The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2013. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.